the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and talk910.com. And now, Rob Black and your money. Call Rob, 1-800-345-5639. Here's Rob Black on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Howdy, howdy, howdy. It's Rob Black and your money. Tuesday... Wow, this month's over. Time to write another mortgage check. May 25th. Oh, and a mackerel. Where does the time go? Stocks are falling today. That's the big right out of the gate push. That's the big right out of the gate um, insight. I'm going to watch your calls today because now we're starting to look a little bit more serious. We're past that 10% correction. We're heading for a 15%, maybe 20% correction. Momentum and volatility are out there. So if you're scared, I want your call today. 800-345-5639. If you're greedy, I want your call today. 800-345-5639. I'm going to want calls today because I think this is the type of day that uh, the more opinion we get, I think the better we, we what's out there and what's not out there. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's start right out of the gate with some, some headline news and uh, take a look at the stock market, shall we? So, stocks are dropping. The euro is slumping. Stocks have paired earlier losses. The Dow is below 10,000. It's sitting right at 9,892. Big psychological number. We'll work through it. We'll establish it. We'll eventually maintain it and conquer it. But for now, uh, we're below it. Now, the stock market fell in early trading. Investors are worried about a global economic slowdown, some tensions in South and North Korea, and some rising interest rates. Tied towards the LIBOR. The Dow Jones plunged below 10,000 days. Investors worried about a global economic slowdown. Teddy Weisberg with Seaport Securities say the Dow could fall to its lowest level of the year. And he's right when he is. says that. We kind of got there last, last week, but obviously uh, uh, we've, uh, we've uh, now gone beyond the May 6 lows and uh, where we were last week. And uh, the momentum continues on the downside, and we live in a world of volatility and momentum. And clearly we're on the negative side of the mountain at the moment. Man, I so miss the East Coast. If his voice wasn't smoky, I don't know what it was. Elsewhere, it's a war of words between North and South Korea. This is the big news story of the day. Fox News Radio's Bill Marcus reports. China calling for calm while Secretary Clinton in Beijing continues to press for support. Tomorrow, she goes to South Korea. The North putting its troops on alert. At the border, South Korean propaganda, loudspeakers, billboards, and FM broadcasts about free choice and how obesity, not hunger, is a problem in the South. And in the streets of Seoul, where they usually shrug off this sort of tension, there are reports that at least some people are saying they are scared. In Shanghai, Bill Marcus, Fox News Radio. So that's a big story. I would refer to that as headline risk or political risk. Your stock portfolio, your investments your 401k, your nest egg, your home, it's all exposed to various types of risks. Some of it's headline risk. 
some of its press release risk, some of its earnings risk or currency risk. For instance, companies that are tied towards foreign markets right now have some currency risk because the euro is getting weaker. So every time HP does business in the euro area, it's uh, got some risk towards the, the, the currency devaluation. So, what, you know, they sell a computer for 800 euro, and suddenly the euro is worth half percent less, and you can see that their overall take-home is a little bit on the less side. So you get the basic idea. There's different types of risks, and you have to be comfortable with it on multiple levels. Elsewhere, two reports. On March home prices yield differing results. Fox News Radio's Chris Barnes with more from Washington. Standard & Poor's says home prices fell in March from the month before. Its Case-Shiller 20-city price index falling a half of 1%, and an S&P spokesman calls it disturbing, saying it shows improved sales due to the home buyer tax credits didn't translate into higher prices. In another report on home prices for government-sponsored mortgages, the Federal Housing Finance Agency says they rose by three-tenths of 1% in March, though they were still over 2% lower than one year earlier. In Washington, Chris Barnes, Fox News Radio. So for those of you who are hoping real estate gets healthy in a hurry, it's not going to happen. We've been in our housing bubble since 2006, um, as far as the deflating of the bubble goes. It's going to take a little bit more time. I think it's 2012 to 2015 before things get normalized as far as where we could say, oh, that looks like a good number. The numbers that you're seeing now, it may look like a good number, but it's off awful levels. So it's only good in you know perspective of one year. Whereas if you were to blow out that perspective to 10 years, these are awful numbers. If you were to blow it out over 20 years, these are awful numbers. So housing's not going to fix itself anytime soon. And the more we subsidize it, the more it hurts. So it just prolongs the pain. And finally today, consumers. They seem convinced the economy is getting better. The conference board's monthly consumer confidence index rising in May for the third straight month. And by more than expected, the private group says it finds Americans are especially optimistic about how the economy will perform over the coming six months. And their hopes for job growth over that stretch have improved. What's interesting to note about consumer confidence is it's a leading indicator in theory. But this week, with all the, the damage done in the stock market, it's been pretty fast. It's been pretty volatile. I, I know that some psyches are hurt out there, but consumer confidence, it, it tends to boil down to this, that we're more confident when we look around, and ultimately we fear job losses. Right now, unemployment's high in the United States, right? Is it hitting you? Have you been unemployed? I get emails from people who have been unemployed. I don't know anyone personally who's been unemployed. Eh, maybe me, I do, maybe I don't. In, in theory, I've seen a lot of downsizing at TV um, in the last seven years, eight years, but to me, I, I don't feel like any of my friends are unemployed. I don't feel like any of my family members are unemployed. I don't feel like it's it's tough to, to be gainfully employed, but I could be wrong. So in consumer confidence, I'll say, you know, it's good for me, but I'm worried about my neighbor, so I'm not that confident. So do you see where that kind of, what, what sort of area that plays in? Anyway, those are the big stories of the day. The consumer confidence better, housing numbers not so good. Um, and North and South Korea are, are all big issues. So... Banks in Spain, they're, they're having kind of a bad day. Uh, you remember on Monday when we came to stock market, we come in the stock market, you know, knock, 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 knock. And uh, we had heard about one Spanish bank getting shut down over the weekend. Well, now four Spanish banks have agreed to combine with one another to strengthen the, their financial situation, trying to, you know, keep their solvency concerns under control. There's something that's happening right now called global de-risking. I don't know if that's really a word or not, but de-risking, de-risking. And it's intensifying 
European concerns on the Spanish banks. You've got tensions in Korea. You've got de-risking. Investors are saying, I'm going to expose myself to less short-term risk. Asian stocks got hit pretty hard today. Japan's Nikkei down 3.1%. Hong Kong's Hang Seng down 3.5%. China's Shanghai Composite down 1.9%. North Korea threatened to take military action if South Korea trespasses in its waters. And the U.S. Defense Department says it plans to conduct two naval exercises with South Korea's military in the near future. So it's it's not a situation of detente here. These guys just aren't playing nice. North Korea says, you play games, we'll, we'll sink you. United States says, let's play some games. Let's have some war games going on and, uh, and see if uh, how serious you truly are. So there's a glut of negative macro headlines out there, a glut of them. All communication links between North and South Korea have been cut off. North Korean leader Kim Jong-il, he's told the military to be ready to, in, to ba- basically be ready to go to war. So ultimately, that's kind of kind of aggressive. So for Kim Jong to be given such an order, it's, it's serious. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton said today that China understands the gravity of escalating tensions with North Korea and that they're working together. She expects uh, China to help uh, you know cool things down with North Korea's provocative action because the only country in the world, now I'm not going to say the only country, but the biggest country in the world, China, has been helping North Korea through their communist regimes, so have, holding their hands, giving them food, giving them shelter. So uh, it's, it's worthy of note. Get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. You can email me, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. I've got a Facebook page that I'll check from time to time and, and respond to your notes on the wall. It's uh, under Facebook. You've got to go to Facebook and then group page, I hate Rob Black. I hate Rob Black. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine. You're listening to nine ten AM. More stimulating talk. Rob Black and your money. You're listening to Rob Black and your money on nine ten AM. More stimulating talk. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine. It's eight hundred three four five. Five six three nine. We really got to get calls coming earlier in the show. It's it's critically important. So pick up the phone now. Don't sit there and just wait. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls on the air. Um, one of the the reports that came out today, and I bring this up because I I, I think you have to continue to build a case in your head for everything. Why you should fund your four hundred one k? Why you should save money? Why you should not pay off your mortgage. There's issues that I want to really, you know, continue to, you know, hit you three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times so that you start really grasping the concept. Now, the Case Shiller Index of 20 cities, it flattened in the month of March. It's a closely watched index of home prices in 20 major cities. Now, ultimately, 10 cities posted declines. Now, the city of Los Angeles fell three tenths of 1% for a home. In the month of March versus February. So month to month it slipped. San Diego gained 1.5% month to month. San Francisco up almost 1%, up 90 basis points or 9 tenths of 1%. Basis points, 100 basis points equals 1%. Now, eight cities posted gains. Two cities, Miami and Tampa, registered no changes. So the housing market may be in better shape than this time last year. But when you look at the recent trends, there's some signs of renewed weakening in home prices. In the past several months, we've seen some relatively weak reports come across many of the markets that are covered. 
Now, again, it's important that you pay attention to L.A. and Miami and Tampa and San Francisco and New York and Boston. It's important. This Case-Shiller Index is really a good one in large part because it compares the value of a home on a year-over-year basis, a single particular home. So it's not saying let's, let's look at the median. It's saying this one home went up one-tenth of a percent. So we, we can see that. So it's, 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 it's better than anything that comes out of the National Association of Realtors. Because what's going to come out of the National Association of Realtors is something that's going to help the realtors, right? They're not going to be hiring an economist who goes, man, these numbers are so bad that you probably, probably should turtle up, get in a cave, and cry. You're never going to hear that. So I like the Case-Shiller Index. I think it does a real nice job of showing us where housing is going or where exactly, not where it's going, but where it's been. It gives us a realistic look at it. It's a great index. It's a great index. It's an index that you can actually invest in on the upside or the downside as well, which is kind of kind of cool. If you want to invest in future home appreciation, you can. So uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm making any sense to you in any way, shape, or form. Some days I feel like this microphone might not be on, but it is. It is. So let's talk great Googleta Mooglita. Google's in the news today, and if I can't stimulate you to call with North Korea, South Korea, if I can't stimulate you to call with home prices, maybe I can stimulate you to call with Google. They're the owners of the world's most popular search engine. They generated $54 billion in U.S. economic activity in 2009. Business turned to online advertising amid the economic slowdown. Now, the Internet company, Google... They're helping generate revenue for advertisers, website publishers, and nonprofit organizations. They said in a report today. So they're helping other businesses. Do you believe in this? Do you believe that businesses create business for others? I don't know. Do you think that should be rewarded? It's a good question. Because, you know, that's one of the, the, the heart of the questions right now with the San Francisco 49ers and setting up a stadium. I want them to build a stadium because it's going to put a lot of blue-collar people to work. And in the Bay Area, we could use that. I want them to build a stadium because it's going to, you know, make some restaurants upgrade to support it. I think Candlestick is a dump. I don't think there's any reason to go there. There's no businesses close to it. There's no businesses that you can support on your way out. There's no businesses that you can support on your way in. So I understand that one single business can help other businesses. Google says they make most of their revenue from the ads shown next to search results. Great googly moogly. So these ad programs, we help others make a living, they're saying. You know, when someone signs up as a restaurant advertiser and, you know, I'm at 4th and Townsend today and uh, I hate the restaurants in this part of the city. I just hate it. San Francisco's got great restaurants, but South of Market just has some crap. But see, I don't really know. I'm just saying that I'm talking out of school. So yesterday I went to Bing, or I could have gone to Google, and I looked for restaurants because I wanted to find something local that's pretty good. I tend to, um, my standards are a little higher than yours probably. I like good food, and I'm willing to pay for it, if that makes any sense. Um, anyway, Google, they reported $23 billion in revenue last year, and they're looking for more customers amid competition from rivals such as Facebook and Twitter. Now, the Internet's share of overall advertising spending is expected to rise to 17% in 2012 from 13% today. So they're saying, and I love Google for saying this, we're good guys. We're helping local mom-and-pop restaurants. We're helping Rob find the restaurants that he wants to go to. Pretty cool, right? You, you kind of get the idea. Now, the economic impact described in the report that it, it, basically Google search and ads that run next to query results 
it, it reflects revenue generated. They think that for every $1 a business spends with them, they received about $8 in profits. So now you can understand why some people like me are pro-business. You may not be pro-business. You may not like businesses. You may say that they make too much money. But I'm pro-business and I'm pro-small business. I've got a couple small businesses that uh, employ a lot of people. So until recently, I've never had to fire anyone. So it's always been a good thing. It's always created jobs and paid taxes, probably more so than big companies have. So I'm a big fan of pro-business, and I get what I, I get what Google's trying to say. I don't really appreciate their their way of saying it. It's kind of like, hey, let's 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 give out a press release about how good we are. Let the world see how good you are. You don't have to tell the world, so to speak. You don't have to tell the world of your good deeds. But Google, for every dollar a business spends with them, they get about eight dollars in profit. That's another way of Google saying, hey, spend money on ads. For instance, I know my dentist in in San Francisco, he spends a bundle. He has a dedicated web person tied towards uh, ads. One person in his office tied totally towards monitoring Google and Bing because he does a special type of dentistry. He does sedation dentistry. And um, he does a lot of really, really hard cases for people who have been mentally retarded and, you know, gnashed their teeth for 30 years and just have nothing but stubs up there. He, he can put a full set of teeth in that person's mouth. He does a lot of stuff like um, one case, I, I remember what he did. And see, this is why you need an ad word, because you almost forget sometimes. One case he did was um, a man wanted to be a woman and uh, just felt that he, a woman was inside his body. And part of, you know, being a man is we got a different jawline than women do. We got a little bit more going on in our jaw. So he, you know, helped sedate the person and, and helped transfer kind of like a facelift of the of the of the jaw. Just a crazy amount of work went into that, and a lot of work, a lot of work. So a lot of work for a man to look like a woman. So it was kind of funny because uh, I actually went to dinner with this this couple, this transgender couple. Uh, me and my SO went to dinner with because with, she works for him. And uh, ultimately, we, we go to dinner, and I said, so what's it like being a transgender? Like, you know, what's 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 your goal? And they made a ton of money in the dot-com era, so they could afford this crazy surgery for a man to come look like a woman. He said the best thing is uh, when a pizza boy doesn't realize that you're really a man who's trying to look like a woman. He says when the when a pizza boy eyes you up, he's like, that's the best thing. That's the goal of it all. For someone who doesn't know you to you know give you the benefit of the doubt that you are what you look like. So pretty interesting stuff. Uh, the voice. The voice was kind of funny because I said, when was the last time you used your male voice? Because, you know, transgender, they have a, an issue where, you know, they got the voice that, you know, hello, I'm now a woman. And uh, he said one time they were getting mugged and he just lost his his, his ass and, and went totally into male mode. And he said it was pretty weird for him because, uh, you know, his voice, it's still got the masculine tendencies when you need them. So, I don't know. I found that story to be kind of interesting. And uh, that goes back to AdWords. And uh, uh, my dentist actually pays to Google an employee to monitor Google and AdWords and costs so that if there's a transgender case, you know, uh, a search for transgender dentistry, he's got it. So in the Bay Area, he's got that business locked down. He's a pretty smart guy. He's kind of a, a Beverly Hills dentist who came to San Francisco. And he's a 60-year-old man. And, God, one of those dentists that makes a man feel good about himself, but he makes a woman feel loved. and Like, he's one of those just overall top-notch people. Let's take a look at the market, shall we? As I try to transition out of uh, transgender dentistry, 
What other show can get into transgender? Ron Owens can't do this. Screw you, Ron Owens. You can't talk transgender dentistry. Anyway, um, stock's sinking today. So Dow's down 186, NASDAQ down 41, S&P 500 down 19. You can reach out to me at my mailbox, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. You can call the show 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Take a break now. I'm going to go check to see if I can't dig up some content. 800-345-5639 if you're out of the area. It's 415-322-9101. It's 415-322-9101. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Welcome back in to Rob Black and Money. Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, 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 money. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. You can also dial in 415-322-9101. That's the Bay Area. For some reason, I don't quite get telephones at times. Don't pretend to, but the 800 number only works in the Bay Area. So the 415 number is, if you're outside the Bay Area, listen to the stream of the show. It's 415-322-9101. It's 415-322-9101. Um, there's a company that a couple years ago, it, it goes to show you that companies can reinvent themselves. A couple years ago, there was, do you remember the, the, the Roomba? It was that robot kind of looked like a Frisbee that would vacuum your house. Do you remember that? It was kind of a goofy thing. I would say it was a little bit of a hangover from the dot-com go-go times where we, we, we bought a lot of stupid stuff, you know. You'd have this little robot that would vacuum your kitchen, and it would run around and bump into things. So the old Jetsons episodes, you know, iRobot. I loved the Jetsons as a kid. Funny how the future doesn't quite look like that, though, right? So the company makes robots for all sorts of applications, though, iRobot. Ticker symbol is IRBT. And recently it started breaking out. And any time a stock is breaking out in a down market, I'm paying attention to it because, you know, sometimes you move to where the action is. This company does government robots for the military. It does the Roomba floor vac. It does the scuba, which is kind of cleaning floors with with mopping technologies. It's tough to explain. They also make the luge gutter cleaner, which is a robot. They make the sea glider, which is an unmanned underwater robot for use in in oceans. They make the pack bot, which uh, performs battlefield reconnaissance and, and bomb disposable for the United States Army. Their company boasts office in the United States and Hong Kong. It's not a small company, but eh, when they came public, we, we kind of laughed it off many years ago. But in the last year, it's gone from about $8 a share to just under 20 That's a pretty good run. And the recent pullback in the market, it really hasn't done much damage to it. So the ticker symbol is IRBT, IRBT. And just to show you how my, my head works, it's, it's a small company. It's tiny. But the Gulf of Mexico problem oil problem, ecological disaster, they've got to clean it up. And one of the things that they're doing is the unmanned underwater vehicle, the UUV robot. It's currently being used as a platform to collect valuable ocean data and in an effort to monitor the recent Gulf of Mexico oil spill. So if you've seen some of the underwater cams with robots running them, it's probably theirs. So what's pretty interesting about it is is their success in the military is doing fantastic 
So it is an oil spill play, but it's also a military play. Now, the Roomba, not so much. That was the initial allure of it. It turned out to be a niche market. It led to some very disappointing quarters for the company, and Wall Street kind of gave up on the company. But the PackBot, it's been used with great success in the Iraq War. It, you know, remotely identifies and disposes of roadside bombs, car bombs, and IEDs, the improvised explosive device. A big successful product has been its lower-cost negotiator, which performs basic recon functions, while the, the SUGV, which is a small and man ground vehicle, is a tactical robot that can enter and secure areas that are either accessible or too dangerous for soldiers. Pretty cool, huh? You can send in a robot to do the job of a soldier. So that's kind of where we are. Now, the company reported their first profitable quarter recently, and this is where Good Story, robot that blows up bombs and saves lives, robot that goes underwater and, and, and shows us what's happening uh, in the oil spill. But this is where it meets Wall Street. They just reported their first quarterly profit. That's not bad. Now, again, yesterday I highlighted a company that you know is just about to report a profitable quarter, Sears Satellite Radio. Sears, is it XM, Sears XM or XM Sears? I'm not even sure anymore. So um, anyway, long story short, long story short, um, profitable. Wall Street digs that. They did better than expected revenues. Revenues were 67%. They've got a, a large installed base of robots working in Iraq already in Afghanistan. A key growth driver is maintenance. Robots break down, and when they break down, that's a spare part. You have to support that spare part. You have to support the team of American soldiers who don't know how to run it, so you have to train them. So revenue growth up 82% year over year. Not too shabby. So the federal government's Brigade Combat Team Modernization Program, it's just getting underway, and it could be a big order, a uh, big driver for new orders for iRobot. Ticker symbol is IRBT. It's IRBT. So again, eh, I do my best to, to show you different and goofy ideas, and I certainly think that is a different and goofy idea. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's see what else we got out there in the world of headline news. Ah, this is kind of interesting. I'm not sure I want my governor saying this, but she did, or he did, actually. For some reason, I, I still think Christy's a woman. I don't know what's wrong with me on that one. Um... So what happened is the governor of New Jersey said the state is careening and it's going to become the Greece. Now, we've done stories here about California could become the next Greece, right? Where what we've learned about Greece is you can borrow money, you can support your citizens with all these social programs and borrow money to do it. But at some point in time, it starts to go against you. Where you go, hey, can I get another $100 million? Hey, can I get another $200 million? And the lender says no. In fact, because you're even asking for it, I want my money back sooner. I'm going to call my debt. I want it. So what we're learning about Greece is something we should learn very quickly here. New Jersey Governor Chris Christie said the state is careening toward becoming Greece. Christie said in a speech that the state can't afford the cost of medical insurance and benefits for current workers. He said, quote, things that used to be considered sacred cows, the third rails of politics, are no longer sacred. They've been replaced by the issue of affordability. Now, I think that's incredibly, incredibly noble. Now, again, New Jersey's legislature wants to do a millionaire tax, and he doesn't. So the legislature is saying, hey, we could fix the problem by taxing people. 
And he's like, no, let's stop this. This is this is crazy. I've never seen a government official say things that used to be sacred cows are no longer. I love it, but it also scares the hell out of me. Because what you're basically telling the world who lends money to you is don't lend money to us. Because we can't get our stuff in order. Now, again, Jersey's small compared to California. Jersey's small. The state has a projected $767 million shortfall over the next 13 months. Not billions like we have in California. Millions. Hundreds of millions. Now, it's, it's pushing towards a billion, of course. And it's just we can't keep putting this stuff off. We can't. We're going to have to take some pain. We're going to have to say, sorry, public employees. We know you promised you this, but we can't deliver it. Otherwise, people are going to leave our state and go to more tax-friendly states. Now, again, start looking around, and some states that used to be tax-friendly are less tax-friendly. Some states like California that are not at all tax-friendly, they're, they're even even grumpier, so to speak. So State Treasury of New Jersey, Andrew Estradoff, scheduled to testify and going to talk about the administration's plan to deal with shortfall. And ultimately what it comes down to is, the you know, they're going to have to cut things. They're going to have to cut teachers. They're going to have to cut salaries. They're going to have to cut benefits. Um, it's a problem. So with the budget deadline nearing in California and other states, I mean, you're going to hear more and more, you know, special legislative sessions where we have to try to deal with the problems. So, and, you know, how much can you cut out of, out, of, out of towns and school boards and how much can you cut out of teachers? Um, starting to become stressed, to say the least. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. You're listening to 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. Yeah. This is Rob Black and your money on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. And now, Rob Black. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. If you're out of the area, you can call 415-322-9101. It's 415-322-9101. One group I say never cross is the IRS in any way, shape, or form. Today we're learning that a San Francisco businessman admitted failing to report profits from real estate sales on his income taxes. He was sentenced to two and a half years in federal prison in order to pay $1.9 million in back taxes. Can you imagine going to jail for two and a half years? Now, that's, that's a little bit of white-collar crime that I, I'm digging. I'm digging the punishment on it. Now, again... Not paying a million nine in taxes, and it seems like he can do a lot more in, in jail time than that. It's, it's almost, I'm not saying it's a risk worth taking, but almost. U.S. District Judge William Alsop, he sentenced Luke Brugnara after rejecting his request to withdraw the guilty plea that he entered in January to filing false tax returns from 2000 to 2002. In the plea, he acknowledged omitting from his tax filings the proceeds of sales of four buildings in San Francisco and one in Vegas. Now, he initially pleaded guilty in 2009 to filing a false return for 2000 and agreed to an 18-month sentence, but withdrew that plea in September. So he had an 18-month sentence. Thought he'd get a little cocky. Thought he'd mess with the judge a little bit. Two-and-a-half-year sentence. That's pretty hardcore. Now, again, I'm digging me some of those, some of those hardcore uh, penalties. For me, that, that works for me. I, I think we need more of that, believe it or not. So um, let's talk 
natural gas and oil. With the oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico, it really makes you wonder, why are Congress isn't saying, let's, let's mandate some natural gas? Let's, let's make it a little bit more. There's, there's millionaires being made in natural gas on a regular basis. India's Reliance Industries, Japan's Mitsui, they're spending billions of dollars right now to dislodge natural gas from a band of Pennsylvania shale, which is a sedimentary rock composed of mud, quartz, and calcite. So natural gas, we got plenty of it. It's a, a fuel that's much, much cleaner than oil. It's about two-thirds cheaper than oil. As far as pollution goes, it produces 117 pounds of carbon dioxide per million British thermal units of energy, which is equivalent compared to 156 for gasoline or 205 for coal. So to create energy, it's, it's pulling in a good man, 20 25% less pollution. Now, again, I'm not going to get too political here, but... Doesn't it, sm- doesn't it smell like, here's an obvious choice. We can run vehicles on natural gas. We can heat homes to natural gas. Some people like to, to barbecue with the natural gas. For instance, I, I, one thing that I'll never have, I will never have an electric stove. I find electric stove tops just a little too ghetto. I won't live in a house unless it's got natural gas uh, for a stove. I know that sounds pretty odd, doesn't it? Very, very odd, but... Um, the United States, we should plumb all that we can into natural gas, but we won't. We would be able to de-OPEC eyes. Now, OPEC would, they would poop their pants. They would be very, very angry with us. Discovery of what's going to change the course of world history, not just to decarbonize the economy, but to de-OPEC eyes it. That, that was the, the phrase from Audrey McClendon, who's the CEO of Chesapeake Energy. So... He's talking about changing the world if we can jump off oil. He's talking about it's a cleaner world. Now, Chesapeake is based in Oklahoma City, and they, they've sold drilling rights and gas reserves for $10.7 billion just during the last two and a half years, which was quadruple what they paid for it. Now, McClendon, he's got $33 billion in assets, and he's open for business. He's willing to sell drilling rights. And why is India in Pennsylvania? Why is Japan in Pennsylvania? Because they're, they're, they're countries that aren't cowardly. They're countries that say, this has to be part of our energy policy going forward. So shale gas has a lot of detractors, though. Natural gas that's trapped in shale. Environmentalists say a process called fracking. I know. You remember Battlestar Galactica where they came up with a curse word. But they, it wasn't network TV. It was cable TV. But instead of saying the word F, the one that rhymes with puck, they would say frack. Say frack this, frack that. And uh, it's a process, fracking in the real world, it's a process in which drillers blast water into a well to shatter a rock and unleash the gas. Now, it threatens, you know, watersheds. Watersheds where large sheds of uh, water, you know, reside. Ultimately, um, when you blow stuff up, you throw a lot of chemicals in it. And you throw a lot of chemicals in the, in the water of the United States. So we have to be pretty careful about how aggressive we get with natural shale Natural gas that's trapped in shale. But with that said, let's take a look at the let's take a look at the Gulf. And for some reason, this isn't a bigger story. I don't get it. The environmental damage that's being done right now, it's it's tenfold what happened with the Exxon Valdez. I guess maybe the Exxon Valdez was a better story because the, the pilot of the boat was drunk. But this is just a disaster. And we at some point in time, we got to look at our our own backyard and say, you know what? We got some pretty good stuff here. We got some pretty good uh, natural gas here. We are the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. Get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639, 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. 
So let's do an email or two. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. There's a letter in your mailbox. You're having new mail in your inbox. Mm, you've got mail. You've got mail. Pattern baldness. There is a message for you. Prepare to be astonished. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Teresa sends an email. That says, thanks for making the show interesting and entertaining. I have a request. Can you make a ringtone available of It's Business Time? That cracks me up every time I hear it. I tried singing it to my friends. It was sad. (laughs) That's pretty funny, Teresa. You're my kind of woman. A woman who's not afraid to make herself look foolish. Um, I I don't own Business Time. That's that's Flight of the Concords. Um, I'm sure you can make your own ringtone if you get the MP3. I got it. It's not me. I don't own it. I can't do it. I'd, I'd go to jail. And you wouldn't want to see me in jail. I'm soft and pretty. I wouldn't do well in, in, in jail. Um, she goes on to say, I'm learning so much from you, changing the way I think about money. I've been an idiot with money in the past. Right now I'm working on paying off the highest credit card debt first. Uh, not unlike that crackhead Susie Orban for your advice. I know that once I get out of debt and start saving money for retirement, I'll have gained a reasonable knowledge base from your show. And she says, thanks, Teresa. That's pretty sweet. I'll, I'll take that kind of compliment. And yeah, business time, it's, it's a fun song to sing along to. It's a fun song to sing along to. Another email comes to us. Um, I remember listening, it's from Amy. I love that women, LLRB, I love that ladies love Rob Black. I, I dig it. I, women, historically, haven't been in charge of the finances or it perceived that they haven't, even though they are the head of the household and they, they pay most of the bills. But I've loved that women are empowering themselves with this show. She says, anyway, currently I have my son signed up for a California 529 plan and have a new daughter that I also want to set up with a 529 plan. I hear that California 529 plan is not too great. What are your recommendations? Okay, a 529 plan is a way to save money for your kid's college. It's a great thing to do if you max out your 401k. Now, why do I say that? You're like, Rob, I just, I've, I've kicked two babies out of my, my, my vagina. <laughs> for some reason, I don't want to say that on air. I've kicked two babies out, two eight-pound bowling balls, and I love them, and they make me laugh, and they're, they're, they're incredible. They're, they're the best things that have ever happened to me. I want to pay for their college. First things first is do your own 401K. I know. I know you're saying, but Rob. So you max out your 401K. So after you've put in 15500 plus, after you've done all of your retirement planning, then you can open up a 529 plan. There's a good website for this called savingforcollege.com savingforcollege.com, and when you're there, you can kind of look at the different plans that are that are out there, and you can compare them. What's, what's bogus is that every state has a plan. And why do I say it's bogus? Because oh, it's confusing. Uh, so state administrators have set up these plans, and uh, some of them do a better job than others. California is pretty good. I'd say it's like an A- minus or a B plus. As far as plans go, Utah, Nevada are better. Alaska and Hawaii are better. So as far as rating what they offer and the cost and things along those lines. So I'm not offended with the California plan. I think you can do better with Nevada, in my opinion. I would prefer that you go that direction. Um, Now you're saying, but Rob, I don't want my kid to go to the University of Nevada. It sucks. I know it does suck. And your kid doesn't actually have to go to Nevada. He can go to any college he wants. And the money that you put in a 529 will grow tax-deferred, 
And when you take the money out, you won't get, you don't have to pay taxes on it, on the gains. So you just fund the college's costs as much as you can. And here's the re- real thing that I believe in. The 401k is, is probably a better investment vehicle for most people. I think the 529 plan, um, it's, not the, it's not the greatest. I think it's, it's a cooked up Wall Street commercial to play off a mother's emotions of sending their kids to college. I don't think it, it's that great. So I'd rather you save money in a 401k and, and pay for college out of the 401k. Take a loan against it if you need to. Or take get a student loan. Student loans are great. Or get a grant. Or do whatever. I think 529 plans are for the wealthy who've maxed out their 401k. That's all it is. So now again, I'm probably not the most popular man in the world for saying that. But that's my opinion. I prefer you max out the 401k because you don't pay any federal or state taxes. It grows tax-deferred. It comes out tax-free. You can take a loan out if you really, really want to for your kid's, five, uh, for your kid's college cost. Another email comes to me from Paul. Will China revalue its currency soon? And if it does, would this help the value of the China stocks? Um, in theory, it would because they would they would tighten their mo- monetary policy. Now, I don't know what China is going to do. I don't pretend to know everything. I don't pretend to have a uh, a crystal ball. There's other people in this industry that do. I think it's bogus. I think it's a, a crappy way of ultimately marketing that you're smarter than the, the client, so to speak. But we don't know what China's going to do. It's, it's impossible to guess what a communist nation is going to do. Um, will they tighten? The, maybe. So I want to I want to change my investment angle on that. I guess that's the, the the bottom line of this. Another email comes in from Daniel. Um, are we really looking at a double dip recession? How far do you think stock market's going to pull back? Once again, I, I tend not to say the stock market's going to pull back X amount of dollars because I don't know. Um, no one knows. It depends on the news. Did I expect North Korea and South Korea to flare up and, and, and be pissy with each other? No. And that is another risk factor that people are devaluing and saying, you know what? 14 times earnings looks expensive to me with the stock market. Maybe I'll buy the stock market at 12 times earnings. So they're using excuses, and, and they're valid excuses. You know, uh, the, Greece, the Greek flu, or whatever you're going to want to call it at some point in time. Uh, what's happening in Europe? How it's weakening their economy all because of one country. Because uh, that's how finances work. They're leveraged to each other. So am I predicting a double-dip recession? I, I think the odds are 25 to 40% of a double-dip recession. It's too early to tell with any sort of emphatic yes. I think we're starting to move more and more that direction as we're seeing that countries that we used to count on, we can't really count on for their pro-growth anymore. In fact, if you look around the world, no one's pro-growth right now. No one. You're seeing the governor of New Jersey say, you know, we got to cut spending. We can't keep raising taxes. You're seeing the governor of California saying the same thing. You're seeing Spain uh, cutting their spending, cutting what they're promising, slashing it, because they know there's going to be hell to pay. And now hell has come due. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. And... One final email comes from Tony. He says, I've been listening to you since your Tech Talk show back in Washington, D.C. That's a long time. So I'd like to get your comments on SAP's acquisition of Sybase. Is this a winner, winner, chicken dinner, or dog with fleas for SAP stockholders and SAP strategy direction? Thanks for commenting. Uh, Yeah, it's it's called a roll-up strategy. And Tony's in Rockville, Maryland. It's called a roll-up where SAP is a – they're kind of like an IBM. They're kind of like an HP. They can do – uh, a couple of years ago, there was this 
big, big technology. We thought security was going to move to like fingerprint IDs. And there would be like a fingerprint company that would like, ooh, we've got we've no sales and we're going to be the, 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 the technology that wins everything in the world. Everyone was going to be using our fingerprint technology for computers, to security at airports. Everyone's going to be using it. But it takes a company like an IBM or a GE or an SAP, it takes that kind of company to integrate fingerprint scanners into the whole system. So I see them as a systems integrator. I think they're a fine company. They're a German company. I think they're a well-disciplined company. It will benefit from the weakness in Europe. Uh, I think people pay a little bit more of a premium for quality names like SAP. Um, Am I totally in love with it? No. I still prefer IBM or HP, but I got no problems with SAP in any way, shape, or form. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money coming up next. Headline news on 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 